And we're back. I am Devin Walker. I'm Ashley Brand. And you are listening to the Betsy's Pod. This is a week 13 NFL preview. We got lots of bets for you. Turkey Day was last week, and we saw some turkey hangovers on Sunday now, didn't we, Ashley? We definitely did. Us and the players alike. Yeah, yeah. It was a Baker nightmare. Uh, the, the Saints let me down again. I don't know what to do with them except to keep betting on them. But how about them horses? We're going to get into that and so much more right now on the Betsy's Pod. How are we doing, everybody? It is Wednesday, uh, the 29th of November. Goodbye, November. You were good to us out here in the beautiful western Massachusetts. We didn't have too much bad weather. We had a great turkey day, and we had some uh, predictably below-average football in the prime time. They just keep getting worse, don't they, Prent? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away because we'll talk about it more in our, our first and Pren, but you said it first, Tom said it second. It's a bad product this year. It's a bad product. It doesn't seem to be getting better. And the only thing I think that we can potentially hang our hat on is that the good teams are all about to start playing each other. So yeah. we can kind of get rid of this. And I know, you know, most of them have had games already where they aren't you know, uh, performing at peak level, but I've had this theory for quite some time and it started as a Patriots fan. So I watch these, uh, you know, unentertaining, not exciting kind of slow motion, regular season Pats games, but every year they would be 12 and five or, you know, 14 and three or whatever it was. And then they get into the playoffs and it's like explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. I think there's something to be said for these really high-powered offenses, keeping a little bit off tape. Yeah. We've got some fucking home runs that we know are going to work, and we're waiting for the games that matter because expanding the NFL season helps the consumer, but I think it dilutes the product. And what, what doesn't, what can't be diluted is the playoffs because it's win or go home. So there is no we're going to take a game off. There is no we're keeping anything in the in the rear view or, or you know on the back burner. It is you're going to get everything we got every single time. More blitz packages, more big plays. So I think right around now when the games really start to matter, we're going to see an uptick in uh, energy overall, but also in scoring and just in big fun plays like we started to see in that Bills and Eagles game that we're going to get to here shortly. Um, But before we do that, we need to recap not week 12, but week 11 bets. We took week 12 off. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and I bet it like crazy, but uh, it didn't go well. So you want to know what? It's a good thing that we didn't didn't, uh, publish an episode. But let's go uh, straight to you with your week 11 recap. 
The red wave makes a return, Ashley. I know you were in the great state of Florida, so it's kind of appropriate. But you were bound to come back down to earth. Uh, yeah. It was it was a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, well, I know, actually, I've seen the graphic. You are still overall ahead yep. for the uh, season. And I'm looking at your bets right now, and I love a lot of them, but we'll get to those. Uh, go ahead, break it down. What happened? What went wrong in week 11? Uh, for me, pretty much everything went wrong in week 11. Cincinnati-Baltimore game, you know, Joe Burrow's injury. I'd like to have a personal word with their head coach and why they didn't mm -hmm. report that, but that's beyond the point. Um, Detroit, shit the bed. Wasn't great. Um, nothing really hit for me here. I will say the Jamar Chase anytime touchdowns, I do think that would have hit if Joe had stayed in the game if he was healthy. Um, some of the logic we're, we're going to see, some of the logic that I used for this game we're going to see later in the season, especially heading into the playoffs. We'll get to that in the next couple of episodes. Um, the one thing I want to touch on here, Odell. Man, he had every opportunity to get a touchdown in that game. He had so many grabs. He had so many throws in the end zone, and he couldn't make it happen. So we didn't cash out two weeks ago. But we're we're feeling optimistic this week. Minus four hundred on the week in total, uh, plus eight sixty one on the season. Still very much in the green. Yep. Still stacking chips. Still fattening pockets, so to speak, uh, and still putting together real high odds parlays, which are coming at you here shortly. But first, let's recap Didi's week eleven. Uh, it was a week in the red, but not by much. Uh, Chargers money line, Vikings, Broncos over with the plus 190. Didn't quite cash that ticket. Steelers, Seahawks money line parlay. Could have been, should have been, would have been, but it didn't. And it wasn't, and it never will be because it's in the past. Uh, Cowboys, Lions, Niners. Money line parlay minus 144. There's something to be said for this bet. Big favorites late in the year, probably not going to lose to bad teams. Keep that in mind. Minus minus odds are not sexy. Winning bets is sexy. So keep that in mind as we roll forward here. Live alert didn't go super well. I stayed away from the Vikings. I had a feeling uh, I didn't want to bet against my Broncos, but I did pound the Bengals. Ravens over. Uh, I got that at 49 and a half. I was looking at it at 42 and a half. Game goes to 54, so that was a good one. And the girl dinner bet just barely missed, thanks to Burrow. Uh, that was week 11. So let's leave that in the past. Let's move forward. Uh, you know, let's be the eternal optimists that we are here on the Betsy's pod. And let's get right into first and Pren because we've got some hot takes that will lead into our tracked bets. First and Pren, let it rip. Brad, I want to just go over something really quickly. You were a cheerleader, correct? Oh, yeah. Big time. Did you play Powder Puff? Did you have Powder Puff? Not everyone has Powder Puff. Did you have we, Powder Puff? We did. Mm, no, did you know, you know what I was more into we did a 
what the hell did we call it? I forget what we called it, but every Thursday before Thanksgiving, we did a huge flag football tournament. That was my powder puff. We did a powder puff game, but I I wasn't really allowed to play. <laughs> so. You weren't allowed to play powder puff. Fair enough. Uh, but you had a flag football enough. game. What did you did you what was your position? Did you huck it? No. Um I was blitzing. You fucking playing defense and flag <laughs> football. What the hell is going on here? Who was the coach? I can't catch for shit. So okay. my right. job was to just run like hell and rip right. some flags. Yeah. You're right. And grab some flags. Well, I asked because uh obviously flag football is going to be in the Olympics, and I've seen an uptick in um just like women across the world really getting getting involved in football through flag football. And I've got to say, ladies, shout out first of all to social media for putting all the clips together uh of these like ridiculous highlights. I'm seeing some Odell style catches. Really? I'm seeing people dude, it's if you haven't checked out women's flag football highlights of 2023, <laughs> give it a give it a scroll. Go to a yeah. scroll hole. It's yeah. actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um and I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch ever a full game, but they got me on the highlights for now. Wow. Um, and, and you may want to check it out, but back to first and Pren, let's get you started right off the rip. You got to this a little bit. I completely agree because I said it, but give us your full take here. Yeah. The product is bad this year. I mean, I think that there's a lot that contributes to this. I think that we have been riddled with injuries this season, unlike anything in the last 10 years, I, I want to say. It's been... Superstars going down. Yeah, yeah, it's been a bloodbath. And, you know, when you're looking at not just one, but a number of teams that are having horrible seasons because of the injuries, because of the bad coaching, I think people are getting soft. I think people are getting comfortable. I think the rules are getting cushy. A lot's being decided by the refs at this point. And... Um, you know, it's still fun to watch. I don't think all is doomed. I think we'll have a little bit of a reset in the offseason, but the product is bad this year. And to that point, I'm going to be live betting primetime unders on some of these missed match opportunities for the rest of the season. I'm talking teams like the Jets, potentially the Chargers, um, Vikings. So, well, Vikings are, we'll get to that later on, but um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not a good product. I'm taking, you know, these, these unders and games where maybe going into the season, we thought there would be a different outcome, but they're just playing really shitty football. Yeah. They, what's interesting is they changed the rules to help the quarterbacks and we got sold this bill of goods that uh, it was supposed to be kind of a changing of the guard and that we were going to get a new version of Brady, Manning, Breeze, and Ryan, and it was going to be Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, and Herbert. Yeah. It isn't. They're not. They're not those guys. Even though the rules have been fully adjusted to completely benefit them, it doesn't seem like they just have that it factor. Like, it's more – I would be more scared. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes – as as the outlier um but i would be more scared of like some of these rookies than i would be josh allen with 90 seconds left and no timeouts and you're down by three and you need to tie the game yeah yeah i mean 
it fields fields was supposed to be better than he is i guess the the other one there now and this speaks to something that you, you're going to talk about is it's uh it, Jalen Hurts to me is the real deal. He does have the killer instinct. Patrick Mahomes has the killer instinct. Outside of those two guys, I'm not super impressed with the quarterback play. And we used to have four, five, I mean, Roth, you could throw Roethlisberger in there. He was yeah. around at the same time. There were guys right down the line that you, Aaron Rodgers that you went to and you said, okay, whichever team has the ball last is going to win. That's a good football game. That's what we all want to see, and we haven't seen it because the quarterbacks aren't very good. Yeah. Uh, and and with that, I don't think the coaching is very good. And you've got horrible coaching's horrible. It's it's yeah. terrible. And I also think that something that could attribute to that is um, I feel like in the last couple of years we've seen these mega deals coming to quarterbacks. Um, you know, coaching coaching is is not as secure. But maybe people are just getting people, quarterbacks are getting comfortable with these big fat paychecks that they're getting paid. Mm. And you know, everything else complacency. Complacency and hard to have that dog in you when you go home, you know, to like a to a seventy million dollar check. So yeah, for doing uh, jack shit. And the coaching is a direct reflection of that. I think when you see these rookie quarterbacks, when you see coaches that step into interim roles. When they have that chip on their shoulder, that's when something electric happens. But correct, it's not it's not happening with a lot of these teams that I personally was really excited to see play this season. I've got a huge futures on you know the Bengals taking it all. That obviously is not going to hit. Throw that in the trash can. <laughs> that can go right down the trash. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to my to my you know second down, which is that Brandon Staley needs to go. This is not something we haven't talked about on this podcast before. Um, but the Chargers and Justin Herbert in particular, they are a team, and he is a quarterback, that actually has what it takes. And while they do have their fair share of injuries, they are not nearly as injury-ridden as some of the other teams in the NFL right now. Justin Herbert's been playing with a fucking cast on his finger for the entire season. That's weird, but – it's still better than some of the other things that we're seeing and they still just can't get it together. And when you have to hold one person accountable at the end of the day, that person is always going to be the coach and he needs to go. Yeah. He's got to go. It's, you know, Eckler, Allen, Herbert. That's a big three. Yeah. That's a big three that should win games. That's a big three that should win close games. Uh, that it, uh, Average defense, right? They're not, you know, bottom of the league in in many statistical categories on defense. So, where is it? You got a good quarterback. You got a stud running back. You have viable wide receivers. Your defense is middle of the pack. Okay, who's fucking up? It doesn't leave a whole lot of other places to point the finger. Uh, and I, I would completely agree. I think more coaching changes are coming. Uh, yeah. We saw the Panthers finally pull the trigger. I've got, you know, uh, something on that when we start breezing through my first and print here. Um, but let's keep it moving onto a team that I actually believe does have a good coach. You want to talk about the Jets a little bit? Yep. I think that the Jets, Jets are better off tanking this season. Um, watching, you know, this past weekend's game, a crazy thought occurred to me, which was, Maybe they are actually better off starting Zach Wilson. <laughs> right. And 
when that is your reality, because here's yeah. the thing. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back next season. I think he'll play for the Jets next season. But Aaron Rodgers is going to follow the same trajectory that Tom Brady did when he was around this point in his career. He doesn't have much left in the tank. He's getting injured left and right. And I guess not left and right, but when, you know, it's a season-ending injury at his age, that's a big deal. Um, They're better off tanking this season. I think that there is a decent amount of talent in the upcoming draft class for quarterbacks. And something that I think is very interesting is that these first, second, third round or third round first, second, third picks for at the quarterback position, not always successful. I think that when it, where you're seeing the stock drop a little bit, those guys come in, they've got the chip on their shoulder. The jets need a young quarterback to come in and be their next franchise quarterback, because that's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. We know it's not going to be Zach Wilson and it's not going to be either of their backups. Um, So I think they're better off tanking, taking the L they're out of the playoffs. You don't want Aaron Rodgers first games off of an injury to be a playoff game either. Um, So yeah, I'm just looking at this. I I promise I'm not texting. I'm looking at the playoff picture right now Uh, in the jets at four and seven. It's over. It's um, I hate to say it because you want to believe that these games matter down the stretch, but the Dolphins at eight and three would have to lose out. You would have to win out because uh, you're not going to get the wild card. So you have to win the division and the Dolphins aren't going to lose out. No. Um, the they're Dolphins are going to beat the commanders this week and solidify yeah. this. Yeah. So. They're better off tanking. They're better off getting a, I don't even think they need a really high draft position. I think there's a lot a really good quarterback talent. I'm thinking about my boy who's injured, Jordan Travis. Who's Jordan Travis may never play football again. I know, but I'm hopeful for him. <laughs> I hate to say it, but he's he to me a is not an NFL talent, and B will never play football again, even if he was. Um, yeah, and your boy Jameis. Bad. Let's not start talking about FSU quarterbacks because <laughs> your boy Jameis may have cost me like six or seven thousand dollars rapping at Derek Carr on the sidelines while Ludacris comes down from the fucking ceiling at the other team's stadium. Jameis, <laughs> you know, you know, my read the room. He is the personality hire of the year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you if you want to bother everybody, I thought the personality I was supposed to like fix all the problems. This guy's <laughs> fucking singing ludicrous. He's from Atlanta. He's singing like Atlanta's most famous rapper directly into the face of the starting quarterback after he threw a pick six on the eight yard line. I'm like, what are we doing, dude? It's insane. <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking about Jordan Travis in theory. We still don't know what his injury is. So you're probably right. He probably will never play football again, but it's the type of quarterback like Jordan Travis, you know, the, the Heisman candidates that we have, there's a lot of really good talent and the jets don't need a crazy high draft pick to take a rookie QB, put him behind Aaron Rodgers, teach him a few things and, you know, set themselves up for the future. I, I, I generally tend to agree. Um, and I think that the Patriots and the Jets are both in the position where, which is why I believe you'll continue to see Mac Jones start. Yep. They can't, they, it looks like they're tanking without tanking, but they're now playing the quarterback. They think gives them the less, the least chance of winning. And that's Mac Jones. So I won't be surprised if, if we do see, you know, the Jets throw the mill hunter back out there. Um, (laughs) You've got a fourth down take that is uh, 
Something I, I tend to agree with based off what we've seen. We've talked about the two quarterbacks already in this episode. They are the ones with the X factor, in my opinion. Let's talk Chiefs and Eagles. Yep, Chiefs and Eagles. Um, they're going to play each other in the Super Bowl again. Exactly. I think we're going to see this. I think we're going to see this matchup again. Um, the Eagles, you know, it's self-explanatory. They're kicking ass. I hear some, uh, you know, chatter <laughs> about Jalen Hurts not being him. I think that's bullshit. Um, the wow. Eagles, say that again. People are saying he's not him. He's not him. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that, you know, they're just escaping by. They've only had one loss this season. They're going to the Super Bowl. I do think they'll win it. But I also think that the Chiefs are going to be right back there with them. I thought maybe it would be the 49ers midway through the season. I don't think they have what it takes. I think they're going to have another epic meltdown in the playoffs this year. I do think they'll get to the playoffs, but Eagles chiefs, we're going to have a rematch of, of these two teams and it's going to be a dog fight. Mm, I love to hear it. I'd love to see it honestly. And I would love for the chiefs to lose that game. Fly Eagles fly. Yeah. Um, I've got a first down here. We talked about it a few weeks ago. It, it relates to interim head coaches. We have got one. We've got the Panthers with an interim head coach because they have fired their head coach after 11 games. Uh, <laughs> one of the quickest fires in the history of the NFL. You know what that means. I'm sticking to the script. It's Panthers money line, baby. Panthers money line, Panthers money line, Panthers money line. AP, I'm sorry. I know <laughs> you're not going to like to see it. This is also leading into one of my tracked bets, It's uh, which is a fade the public teaser. So I've got the Panthers in a teaser as well. Uh, interim head coaches, We I gave the stat. I believe it was... Uh, it was like something like, something. yeah, 85, 85, close to 85% in the last decade uh, cover the spread on their first start as an interim head coach. We've already seen it happen this year with the Raiders. Uh, I think the Panther, Panthers continue the trend. I think they will be fired up, and I think this is exactly what a young quarterback, pun intended, needs to see. Hey, we it's not you. It's him. He's gone. Go ball out. And I think that I think he's got the tools. Uh, he keeps the the turnovers to a minimum. This could be a Panthers shocking money line victory. Moving on to second down, we just touched on it briefly. Fly Eagles, fly! Best game of the year, my opinion. Last week, Eagles Bills. Yeah, uh, what a comeback! Sixty yard bomb in the rain, and you look at Jalen Hurts. How could you possibly say he's not him? stone-faced on the sideline after his guy hits a 60-yard bomb to take it to overtime. Why? Because he's not satisfied with overtime. The guy wants to win. Yep. Um, that, to me, is the X factor, right? You'd see a lot of guys up there fired up, jumping around. We're going overtime. Okay, he's like, great, perfect. Job's yeah. not done. Let me beat that ass now. Right. Um, and, and he does. Uh, but let's talk briefly about how you pulled a Nostradamus and saw this Bills meltdown coming from a mile away. Yeah. How did it happen? And are you patting yourself in the back? I am, honestly. <laughs> and I have to I have to admit, I'm getting a lot of text messages during the Bills games for the last three weeks being like, damn, you weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think this thing that I've been saying still stands true. Last year, they had about three years where it was like, oh, this is their year and something happens. And last year they 
everything was lined up. They had the whole team on chip on their shoulder with DeMar Hamlin's, you know, tragic situation. They got the overtime rules changed in the playoffs. They had everything going for them. And when you have all of that stacked up and you still can't close, you're just not a closer. Josh Allen also, before he got all of these, you know, weapons on the offense, wasn't doing all that hot in Buffalo. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't, you know, this glorified quarterback that everyone's looking at now. And I think about three weeks ago, you know, the first big loss that they had when it started to accumulate, people were like, eh, but it's the Bills. They'll come back. And then they kept losing and then they kept losing and kept losing. And they could easily miss the playoffs. I think my futures bet from the beginning of the season already hit. Pretty sure it was three losses that they had to take. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was, I think it, I, I think it was, uh, they will have less than 12 and a half wins, I believe, which is now mathematically impossible. I think it was, I think it was five L's was, was the, uh, was the line for you. Yeah. Could have been 13 and a half. Not positive. That would surprise me. Um, but either way we can go back and take a look at that. You called it from a mile away. And yeah. I, it, if it isn't, if it hasn't cashed, it's on its way. Cause there's no fucking chance in hell that that bills team is going to win out. No. And also, no I, don't know, I don't know what they do to fix it. Like they have, you can't fire the coach. No. Josh Allen's locked in. They're not going to get rid of him. Um, they just suck. They they need a makeover, and I don't know how you do it. I think it's obvious with some of these other teams that are really doing badly, but the Bills, it's hopeless to me. Wow. Hopeless, Bills fans. Okay. Did you hear that? Hopeless. Um, it's a strong take from Ashley Pren. I'm moving on to third down. I want to talk about someone who is not hopeless, who is, in fact, hopeful. I'm talking about number 10 in your programs, number one, in your hearts, Gardner <laughs> Minshew. Uh, let's talk about Gardner Minshew. Let's talk about uh, how he's going to win comeback player of the year. Let's talk about how I have not yet been able to find those odds on a book, but I am searching far and wide to track them down. I will pound Gardner Minshew for comeback player of the year. Hamlin's the only other guy that could get it uh, because of the whole story Maybe they go that route. If they go based off performance, it's Minshew and it's not close. I believe that they'll go based off performance. I don't think they want to draw attention to the fact that the guy died on the field and then was brought back to life. So I'm going to go Gardner Minshew on this one for comeback player of the year. And what a fun guy to watch. Yeah. Um, did he ruin a few of my parlays? Yes, he absolutely did. Uh, did he ruin your day? I'm sure that he, I'm sure that he did. <laughs> Um, but it's Gardner Minshew for me, mullet or not. I preferred him with, I'll take him without Gardner Minshew. Shout out to you for being one of the most entertaining players, uh, in the NFL. He is the modern day Fitzpatrick yeah. played for, played for a hundred teams, gunslinger mentality, not afraid to take a hit. He goes in the game. You think you got a chance. The players love him. The fans love him. He's Gardner Minshew, everybody. And he's my man crush Monday. Moving on to fourth down, let's talk about the NFL's potentially worst division of all time. And it includes a team that I'm betting on this week. The NFL may have its worst division of all time at 15 and 29 in, in, in the NFC South. Oh, man. 15 and 29. 
Now, keep in mind, these teams all play each other, right? Mm -hmm. So it's almost impossible to have that bad of a record Yeah, as a collective. 15 and 29. They have lost twice as many games as they've won collectively, <laughs> and they play each other. Each so team bad. has six games in the division. So bad. It's when so you run, try, I try to wrap my head around that math. Non-division games, I should have gotten that record. It, it, it's in, it must just be ridiculous. They must have a 20% winning percentage outside of the division, uh, which is fucking abysmal. But you go right down the list. You look at the Panthers. Obviously, they stink, although we love them this week. The Bucks, we wanted to like them. Sorry, AP, they stink. The Saints, I bet on them for their over nine and a half uh, wins. They stink. And the Falcons put Desmond Ritter back in, so they stink. Uh, the only reason any of them have any wins is because they have to keep playing each other and it's a battle of who stinks the most. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, and I just wanted to point out that I do believe that it could be the worst division in the history of the NFL. I would love, there, I would some, love producer Mike to pull some stats. On. It very well could be. Someone is going to make the playoffs with a losing record. And that has happened before in uh, like the, uh, the what is it the AFC North there was some real bad years there where yeah. it was like uh the Browns stunk um the Pittsburgh stunk it was yeah. just like they were they were every everybody stunk but that's the only other like post Roethlisberger uh AFC North is the only division I can think of that's been th that has never had like not even close to a contender like none of these teams have a chance to win the Super Bowl they no, all stink. None. Not um, but let's get out of things that stink and into things that smell good, like our best bets for week 13. I'm feeling real good about this. I see that you dropped your odds a little bit. I did. Uh, I did. And I like that strategy. I like that strategy a lot. Let's talk about, uh, I believe it was your third down or fourth down, the Super Bowl preview. You've got a parlay cooked up for us here with the Chiefs and the Eagles. Let it rip. Yeah, so my Super Bowl preview parlay, I've got three teams in play here, Chiefs, Eagles, and Niners. The reason that I included the Niners is because I do think they'll go far in the playoffs. But as I said earlier, it's going to be the Chiefs, Eagles again. Um, that second second Sunday in February. So we've got uh, Kansas City money line. We've got Philly money line. McCaffrey anytime touchdown. Hurts anytime touchdown. Now the reason that I like this Hurts anytime touchdown, even though he is dealing with that knee injury, and you know they're saying the tush push might not do it as much. Um, he's still either going to run it in, or maybe you know he'll get some sort of Philly special. Philly special. Um, last weekend I took, I live bet a Hertz anytime TD, even though he was injured and he ended up running the ball in. So I do think that'll hit Game winning touchdown in overtime. Yep. This is for plus five twenty five. So low for me, but still high odds. Yep. Yeah. Palindrome number two, five, two, five, same yeah. front and back. That's good vibes. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. You've got two. Let's go right into this. Actually rolls off nightly. The, ne the next one is plus 171, also a palindrome number, 171 yes. backwards, also yeah. 171. You're calling it the injury bowl, and I love injury it. 
<laughs> the injury bowl. DD tipped me off this morning and, you know, sent me a text like, you might want to look at the injury report before you put any of these bets in. And holy shit, you can make yeah. two, you can make two different teams and have a whole separate game of the injury report for the Seahawks and Dallas alone. Um, however, I do think that the Seahawks injuries are way more impactful than the injuries that Dallas has. Even though I love my boy Gino, I don't think they stand a chance in this game. I'm taking Dallas by nine and I'm taking the DAC over 271. Finally, as announced, Dak's going to be a daddy. He's riding that high. Um, I think this is a lock. This is an easy one. Oh yeah, this okay. So we're gonna we're we have something to chat about post <laughs> post show. It's been announced, Daddy Dak. Uh, she's taking the over two seventy one in his daddy game. Yeah. Uh, in in Dallas by nine. Now let's move forward into the hodgepodge uh, parlay, which I also like. I like that you're getting creative with the names. It's moving okay. forward. We got yeah. the Super Bowl preview, the injury bowl, and the hodgepodge. Yeah. Um, you know, there will always maybe, be a hodgepodge in, in my best bets. You can, yeah, that. yeah, could be a Goldilocks scenario. You know, maybe Super Bowl's a little too hot, injury bowl's a little too cold. Hodgepodge parlay could be just right. Talk to us. Taking Tyreek anytime, DD, TD. Don't need to do much explaining there. I'm taking the Miami money line. Um, I think Miami is interesting because they've settled in, which I know that you predicted. They've settled into this groove where I don't think they're going to have these blowout wins anymore. If they do, though, it will be against the commanders. Um, regardless, I do think they'll get the right out win. So Miami money line, Jacksonville money line. Um, Trevor Lawrence looking like Stonehenge with all of these W's he's getting over these other teams. And the Browns by three and a half. Um, this is at plus 329. I do like this Browns line too. Um, I think interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's a good little boost. But that's what I've got for us this week. Yeah, that's um that is a so the the Browns are getting three and a half, I believe. So that's you're gonna be taking the points with that. Um which is even better if you like them to win the game then you you certainly like them to cover three and a half uh and i believe that is accurate but i will check this right now just to make certain yeah you know the thing about betting on some of these other books is that you can't always rely on the lines you cannot always rely on the lines yes yeah, so the the brown i was going to say if the rams are fucking dogs i'm pounding the money line Browns are dogs. They're getting three and a half. Similar situation there. You're just going to go Tyreek anytime Tutty. You're going Miami money line, Jacksonville money line in the Browns plus three and a half. Can still lose by a field goal. The odds remain the same at plus 329. I'm going to move forward into a couple track bets here myself. I've got a fade the public teaser. One thing I like to do when I'm looking at a slate and I don't love any of the games is I'll head over to uh, a couple of my different sites that I use. Uh, shout out Action Sports. And I'll look at where is the public money. And there's a few games. All of these games right now are 80-20. And I'm taking all the public dogs. So 80% of the bets have, have uh, gone against these teams. I'm putting them all in a six and a half point teaser. It's going to give me the Panthers plus 12 and a half 
the Commanders plus 15 and a half, the Saints plus 10 and a half, and the Eagles plus nine and a half. At home, in a primetime matchup against San Francisco, you're going to give me nine and a half? I'm all over it. The Saints will likely fuck me again, but I just don't love this spot for Detroit coming off of an L, going into a bad L, L, going into New Orleans, who are still a very viable playoff candidate. They can win their division in the trash division we just talked about. Panthers was with an interim head coach. And then, like you said, the Cowboys are riddled with injuries. Uh, and so is Miami. So I'm going to take the the commanders there uh, at plus 15 and a half. I just, I like it a lot. I'm going to move into a double dog uh, parlay. I'm going to take two of these teams again that I like the most. Saints money line, Eagles money line. I think it's a trap game for the Lions. Uh, as we said, Thanksgiving hangover. They've got a long week to think about that L. They did not look good. The Saints played about as bad as they possibly could. They have to win this game to stay in contention, to win the worst division in the history of football. And I like the Eagles at home silencing the haters. They've got to be looking at that line and saying, really, we're three-point dogs at home? That's going to piss them off. I like this a lot, plus 504. Uh, And then we've got the over city parlay. Uh, I I did this and then the last second I switched it. So the name doesn't make sense at all. Uh, We're going to just go ahead and redo this entire thing. Yeah. (laughs) Over, uh, over under the bridge, I guess we'll call it that. I like that. Um, Pats chargers under 41 chiefs Packers over 42 and a half at plus 264. Uh, the Pats are not going to score points. They just aren't going to score points. They don't want to score points, but their defense is still playing for contracts and probably hopefully for them to get traded in a, in a good deal in the off season or get signed as a free agent or whatever. So I see good defense, bad offense here. 41 is way too high for this game. Chiefs Packers, they'll be 17 points at halftime. The game will end with 52. Uh, the Packers just score in the second half. It's what they do. If you want to hedge this a little bit, just take it live. Uh, take the Chiefs Packers over at halftime. Both of these teams will score late in this game. I believe it will be a cold, bad weather game, but I think there's going to be a lot of big plays. Uh, and as we've seen, you know, the resurgence of uh, a a big a big play threat in Kansas City. Mahomes has got his guy. His last name is Rice, and he's moving the ball, and I believe they are going to score and score in bunches. Uh, on to the live alert, Mikey. Hit us with the sirens. All right, we are going to blitz right through these things. We're not even going to talk about the live alerts from from the previous weeks. We kind of already did that in the recap. They're long gone. We're on to week 13. You've got some games that I love on here right now. So fire them off. Uh, Let's check out Ashley's live alerts for week 13. Yeah, so I'm looking at the Texans team over for a live alert. Right now that's sitting at 25 and a half. Um, Here's the thing. C.J. Stroud, the Stroud boys, he had his first humbling game 
on this really, you know, hot streak that he was having. And he looked pissed. I don't know if you saw his face after the game. He was not happy. And I, I love that. I love that. He's got that dog in him. He's not satisfied with the loss, even though it was close. You know, I always think it's kind of bullshit when a team wins on a kick. Like, that's really annoying. And from the looks of it, he was very annoyed, too. So I think that this could be a get-right game for him personally. Yeah. Um, the Texans have proved that they're better than maybe half of the teams in the NFL. So I wouldn't count them out against um, the – they're playing, they're playing the, the ponies, I believe, right? Yeah, they're playing the Broncos. They're playing the ponies. I wouldn't count they're them out. Playing the Broncos. I don't. Who are going to come back down to earth? I'm all over. I'm all over Texans money line. They're going to come back down to earth. The ponies are going to come back down to earth. Um, I don't. I haven't picked either team's money line because I'm so hot on the livelier. I want to see how this game is played out because that's where I think the value in this game is. I think that it's going to be when the game starts. The lines come back down. Maybe there's a slow start on either side. And then the Texans are going to fucking fire. That's yeah. my, that's my at point. home in a dome. Whether or not a factor, um, everything screams over in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And then moving on to the Eagles Niners, I think the same thing. I think there's going to be a slow start, a little bit of a lag. And then I think once the second half kicks off, it's going to be a back and forth. I do think the Eagles will ultimately get the win, but I don't, I don't necessarily love the game over where it sits right now. I want it to be a low scoring first, second quarter, hammer the under when it drops, and then I think it's going to blow right out. Fair enough. You've got another – now, speaking of the under, you've got an under game here as well, which I'm I'm all over. Yes. This is the Chargers pass game under. We don't even need to talk about the Pats. Whatever the line is for them on scoring – they're going to come about 10 points under it. Um, Chargers bad. Chargers are playing on the road in Foxborough. Justin Herbert does not strike me as the kind of guy that plays well in cold weather. Um, it's an California LA team. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see California King. <laughs> I don't see how um, I don't see how they they come away with this game scoring a ton of points. And the things with the thing with the Chargers is that. They either don't score at all or they score a shit ton. There's really no in between. Floodgates. Yeah. I don't think that this is going to be a high scoring game. I'm hammering the live under here as well. Fair enough. Um, Texans team total, Eagles over, Chargers under. Um, that's what that's what AP's live alerts look like. I've got three of my own. Um, I'll talk about the Eagles as well. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles if I can get them plus 175. I won't be surprised if we see a CMC early touchdown. They're already three-point dogs, so if they go down 7-0, that money line is going to jump, and I will jump all over it myself. Um, I'm also going to take that same kind of thought process to the Texans' money line. Although they are not dogs, this is a team that plays better from behind. They've yep. gotten into a pattern of comebacks. And as you mentioned, I don't think Stroud is going to lose two heartbreakers in a row. I believe yeah. this game will be close, but at home, fans on their side, weather's not an issue. They've got a better kicker. I think the Texans probably win this game. So if I can get them at plus value on the money line, absolutely going to take it. And that's going to finish me off with the Saints at plus 10 and a half. 
this bet scares me. I am afraid of this bet. I did it this week. It didn't work. I'm going back to the well. This is not because I believe in the Saints or in Derek Carr. This is because I do not believe in the Detroit Lions. After what I saw on Thanksgiving, they look like a team that is not big enough for the moment. They look like a team that wants everyone to start questioning them. They look like a team that's going to lose two in a row. I think the Saints win the game outright. If Detroit scores first, maybe we get this line up to 10.5. At that point, I'll absolutely pound it. I just want to quickly point out as well, don't forget they had to score 17 points to beat the Bears two weeks ago. Okay, so that is uh, th- that is back-to-back bad performances by this Detroit team, and they got saved. I think we're going to see that snowball stop its momentum, and the Saints, again, that are hungry, they need a win to stay in the division race. Ten and a half seems free. Those are my live alerts. Let's get to the girl dinner. Bet of the week. Hit us with the graphic. <laughs> I still, I mean, it's a good-looking charcuterie board. Um, AP, you fire this one off. You've got a plus 800 coming at us live for the Girl Dinner Bet of the Week. Yep, this is plus 800. I'm calling this the get right or die trying bet. Um, I do have Dallas in here again just to fatten it up a little bit. Dallas doesn't really fit into the get right part of it, but we've got Dallas money line. We've got Dallas points over, which is at – 28 and a half. I think mm-hmm. that'll blow right out. And then we've got the Falcons money line, Pittsburgh money line, Detroit money line, Tampa Bay money line. Now, I think that you have made very valid points against half of these teams losing this week. But yeah. I can't ignore the obvious, which is that a lot's on the line for these four teams. Pittsburgh, they're trying to creep into the playoffs. Tampa Bay, Falcons, same with them. Tampa Bay makes me nervous because I do think that the interim head coach fire is a real thing. And I think that Bryce Young needs that confidence win, especially under a different coach. That part scares me. Um, I do think the Lions will ultimately pull out the win because if they don't, they are essentially solidifying the smear campaign on an otherwise pretty decent season. Um, Doesn't matter what the rest of the year looks like. I think this is a must win for them. So get right or die trying. If these teams don't pull out the win, I think the playoff picture becomes further out of reach, not for all, but some. Um, I think a confidence boost is definitely needed for these teams. So let's see what happens. This puts us at plus 800, which is you know, we love to see it. Yeah, we love to see, uh, you know, an 800% return on investment. I'm going to see that and I'm going to raise it to 1,248. Yes, that is correct. I have got a parlay at plus 1248 and it goes just like this. Eagles, Niners, under 47. I agree with you that this will be a low scoring first half defensive game in Philly likely with bad weather and very cold. Moving on to the Rams, 
This is going to be a blowout. One of my favorite bets of the week. Let's talk about my other favorite bet of the week. Texans money line should not be close. Uh, the Broncos come back down to earth, which leads me to how we opened this, which is a common theme throughout the podcast. <laughs> Panthers money line. I finally weaved it in to a bet. It's the girl dinner bet of the week. I've got the Eagles Niners under 47, the Rams money line, the Panthers money line, and the Texas Texans money line plus 12. 48 on your Sunday. Cash the ticket now. AP, good episode. Great episode. Love the timing we kept it in, too. We heard you guys. We're keeping them nice and short. Um, but yep. yeah. I'm Shout out to all our short kings out there. That's our <laughs> that's our podcast, Short King Podcast. Um, that is not the name of the podcast. The name of the podcast is the Betsy's Podcast. And we thank you for listening. I am Devin Walker. I'm Ashley Pred. And you all are wonderful. We'll see you next week. Happy holidays.